This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunst along with... Cindy Jennings. You, I didn't even hear you say that. You're so, Cindy Jennings. Okay, there you go. Very good, Cindy. And so we are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, from the campus of St. James at the Stella Maris Academy. Beautiful Duluth on a cold fall day. It was, it was 30 degrees, I think, when we started the show here, which is below yep, freezing. Yeah, felt like it. No. Yep. All right. Um, well, we have our uh, next guest are in the studio here with us, Paul Haverkamp. Paul, welcome to Real Presence Radio and Real Presence Live. Thank you, Father. It's good to have you. Thank you. Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Although, as you said during the break, that you've been on the air, but why don't you, for those that have not heard. Yep. Uh, grew up in Gilbert. Um, eventually moved away. Uh, Became a machinist, worked around the St. Cloud area. Uh, if you're at all familiar with St. John's University, it oh, was yeah. literally just a mile or two up the road. What years were you there for? Uh, mid-90s till about five years ago. Oh, wow, uh, okay. Um, uh, and wound up moving back up to the Iron Range. Uh, live kind of Life's come full circle, I guess, in a sense. A uh, handful of years moved back up. Um, took a job as a... Machinist up in Ely at Razor Edge Systems. Um, I'm a member of uh, the parish at Holy Spirit in Virginia there and, and the nice Columbus Council there. And um, been there for, you know, like I say, the five years. Okay. And I guess I'll just mention uh, I've got a beautiful, inspiring 10 year old daughter named Aurora. Aurora, so, okay. Yeah. Oh. Named after the city? Uh, or n- no. named after the Borealis? Yeah, she's the light of my life, okay. Aurora. No, yeah. no, that's Aww. great. That's great. Yeah. I like it. Um, so okay, so now you have a I don't I don't want to call it a minister or not, but I know that it's a, at least in your heart you have an important thing in regards to for you praying for priests. And so maybe you can speak a little bit to that. And and do you, do you have something going? Is it just you? Or are we talking about just you particular? Or is there something that you promote or just the significance of praying for priests? Well, I mean, it's the Knights of Columbus Council that puts it on. Uh, I guess I'm uh, not to blow my own horn here, but uh, kind of lead that uh, usually uh, Monday evenings after Mass we say a Divine Mercy Chaplet and a Rosary for priests and kind of the devotions and the meditations are so it's a, so it's a night's type of event at least as an yeah, organization promoting it yep yeah, I mean I certainly try to tell people and you know with Facebook yeah, and different yeah. things like that we, how did you get involved with it uh, really it was just a adoration uh, you know it was just kind of on my heart uh you know, uh, to pray for the priests. I mean, obviously, without going into everything, you know, the last 15, 20 years, the priests have been much maligned. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, we are in a spiritual war. And uh, to help the priests are, you know, helping to guide all of us. And, you know, it seems the way that things go these days, everybody's focused on the negative. Right. You know, and... The priests need our prayers just as much as we need theirs, and uh, it's, it's interesting how you said the how they're maligned. And I'll, I'll give you an example of how much that is really true. I was watching totally secular; it had nothing, it had no religious uh, contents at all. It was a, a secular um, uh, interview. It was about COVID and COVID response and stuff like that. And then, and uh, the person said uh, that was being interviewed that when a priest gets COVID and dies. That it's all over Twitter and how people are happy. Oh, good, another dead priest. You know, we need they need to all die. 
and this is taken from a secular standpoint. But then he said, but if a if a prisoner dies of COVID, then everybody's complaining at the prison system. So it's like, oh you know, my like, gosh, so it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so this person said that to say how our culture has devolved over time, and so. I, I sense I certainly sense it. I mean, I remember uh, just it was just the other day I was praying, praying my rosary in the morning. I was thinking to myself, if I got COVID and died, how many how many people would celebrate that as a I as a priest? And maybe that mm-hmm. came as a result when I was praying it after watching that thing, but uh, on the on the TV. But there's no doubt that there's over the last 15 years, much to our own making, you know, priests in general, you know, in regards to how the church, you know, there's been bad stuff going on, you know, and so. Uh, we are our own worst enemies in a lot of ways, but definitely the the animosity that culture has towards religious leaders, Catholic priests in particular, is is palpable. You can taste it. I mean, it's very real. Absolutely. Uh, it's. I, I mean, I kind of equate, I mentioned spiritual warfare, and I I'm dating myself a little bit here, but I remember as a kid, you know, the soldiers coming home from Vietnam and stuff, uh, you know, a war, and uh, there were soldiers that obviously you know did some things that weren't and while it kind of you know i just remember all soldiers were looked at as as like baby killers or what well that wasn't necessarily the case and this is kind of the same thing with the priests here i mean you know for those that were legitimately doing those things that that doesn't mean that all the priests are bad right and I, i guess i was convicted anyways just in the sense of when that was those things were coming out what was i really doing to help the situation and that that's where i was convicted in my heart to hey they're people too they you know i mean i guess growing up i always thought of a priest as like well he's jesus mm-hmm. you know and in a sense they are in persona christi but mm-hmm. they're still human beings yep. and you know they still have struggles and all that going on and like i say i was just convicted in the sense you know i've gotten to know some of the priests especially later here in life and moving up to the range so and hearing their struggles, right? You know, and not that I'm saying we can't do physical things for them. You know, help them set up for sure, you know sure. event. But you know, kind of the Martha Mary story. What's the better portion is to spend time with Jesus in prayer. And, yeah. and you know, I'll you know I will say you know we just had our clergy conference the other couple of weeks ago now the diocese of Duluth and and you know it was very good. We have a new bishop here in our diocese, Bishop Felton, and. And uh, we, it was kind of an opportunity, first time we'd gotten together in a couple of years because of COVID. And th- the whole thing is about the priestly morale right now is pretty low. You know, we've lost a lot of priests lately, just in the last two months, actually, to various things. And so the morale is kind of low among priests because of what the world is like. And so you know, maybe you can speak a little bit to that in regards to the importance of praying for priests. Well, exactly. I mean, it's like I said, was saying, I mean, there's a lot of things that I've kind of become aware of, the various elements and you know and you don't necessarily the efficaciousness of prayer i mean that's the hard thing with praying you don't always see but i I think even just in the sense of hearing an announcement on rpr for instance hey somebody's praying for priests you know hey that that can be lift them up i mean or you know i know father brandon of my parish he needs lots of prayers yeah well no doubt but (laughs) um but you know he's always uh you know, very thankful of that, and uh, you know, and, and, and well, anybody, whether you're a priest or not, if you know someone's praying for you, how does that not help right. lift you up? Right, exactly. So, so what what would you recommend? Is what are I mean, 
If there's if there's listeners out there that are hearing you, it's like, is there any formal thing that you'd give recommendation to in regards to how to start something up in regards to being more formal about praying for the priests? I, you know, I guess the way I really started with it too was just simply after mass, you know, once you know the priest has gone out, just to say a quick prayer, uh, you know, for the priest, the celebrant. Um, but I mean. I mean, this day and age, you can Google just about anything, you know, and, and that's really kind of where I came up with kind of the meditations and stuff for the prayers that we say. You know, it's just, you know, Catholic uh, rosary mm-hmm. or uh, Google's rosary, prayers for priests, and there's a lot of different options. I know Pope Benedict sixteenth has got a great prayer for, for priests. priests. Um, you know, so there, you know, if you have the aptitude at all to go on your phone or computer, there's plenty of resources out there. Have you ever heard of this? I think it's called the Seven Sisters. Yeah, I think that's that what city? it was called, yeah. right? I, I, it sort of rings a bell. I'm not super. I think, I think it's just um, uh, each individual parish might have like se- it's seven women that will pray at pray holy hour every day for the seven days of the week for So each for one takes a day. A day, right, mm-hmm. for their particular priest. Yeah, so it's seven. Right, so it is seven. So it's yeah. all coming back. So, so I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, as a priest, as a guy who's a priest right now, talking right now, it's like I, I certainly greatly appreciate what the seven sisters do. I know we've got one here in the parish, and then you with the Knights of Columbus doing that because, uh, you know, I mean, I, I always said that, and I still say it. It's like I didn't know what temptation was like until I got ordained. Mm-hmm. It's like there's more of an attack on. There's more of a spiritual attack, I think, on priests than, than anything else. I mean, the demonic wants the priest, right, to bring right. to bring yeah. us down. And Makes so, sense. and so uh, that that praying for priests, I think, is is very significant. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, that's just it. I mean, it it's spiritual warfare. I mean, it's I, it's hard to conceptualize that. I guess you know we don't think of things that way, but really, when you get down to it, uh, that's what it is. Right. And I, you know, if you're at all familiar, you know, like a lot of the epistles, St. Paul talks about principalities. And I right, mean, right, essentially, uh, that's what he's referring to. Right, you right. know, don't give in to those. I right. mean, we are, Jesus is our salvation. Right. And uh, we need to fight these demonic forces. And, yeah. and prayer is right. undoubtedly the best way to do that. Right. Yeah. And I think where people struggle, like I mentioned, is just that. You know, if you needed help moving some chairs around, well, I can look and see, well, hey, those chairs were there, now they're here. That's something tangible I can see. Right. I say a prayer for you, I don't have you any don't idea necessarily, right. but that might lift yeah. you up way more. Yeah, you know. but, you know, I mean, yeah. one, of my, one of my often repeated lines are, the invisible is often more important than the visible. Yeah. You know, the things that you can't see is often more important than the things you can see. And so you can't see the effects of prayer, but you're right on the... It, and you you won't see the practical effects of it, like moving chairs or something like that. Yeah. But uh, but it will have more of a spiritual impact long term for the priest. Yeah, and and just the thing too is another thing that's hard, at least for me. You know, is we're all one body. You know, if I fall down and scuff up my knee, it's not like you know, well, bad knee. Get up. You know, I don't want the knee anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, I take care of it, and you know, priests are part of the body of Christ too. And if you know the things that have happened, you know, well, we don't turn them away, or well, like right, you were right. talking about, well, the priest died. Well, let's have a celebration, right? Or, right, right. You know, no, they're 
we're all part of this together. And usually not the faithful Catholics don't do that. <laughs> it's the people that are against the church that would say something yeah. like that. Yeah. We're, uh, we're talking to uh, Paul Haverkamp in regards to the importance of praying for our priests. And we'll continue this conversation after this brief break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. I would say um, where Catholic Radio has played a pretty important role in my faith is I'm a scientist, so I, I think of everything kind of in knowledge and intellectual terms. So Catholic Answers helped a lot because I might have some questions or I, I, there was a lot that I wasn't aware of. And it always seems like the callers' questions were just timed perfectly for whatever I was wondering about or had questions about. So I was able to learn kind of piece by piece and, and build. And now with kids, yeah, I really like to hear Dr. Ray's show with all the little mm-hmm. discipline tips because he makes it so simple. Yeah. Um, I think for me, you know, the history has, has been really interesting. You know, I grew up Catholic and we went to Sunday school and, and religious education, but you can always learn more and there's just, you know, there's only so much that you can learn, I mean, when you're just going once a week to religious education. So for me, it's just been really interesting to learn, you know, why do we do this or where did this come from or, you know, or to be able to answer questions when people have them. I think that's been the biggest help. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Richard Kunst, along with Cindy Jennings, and we are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota. We are at St. James Parish, my parish, where we are having our studios, and we're talking to Paul Haverkamp here in regards to the importance and significance of praying for priests. So, Paul, just in that little bit of time, I am very encouraged with my own kids to, you know, uh, after Sunday Mass or Wednesday Mass or whenever, to say a prayer for Father, even though he gets on my nerves. He really does. I do like you, Uh and I'll help you. Well, that's your prayer. Uh, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But kind of go into you know it's monday it's after mass what is kind of what's what's that look like what are you doing like how does that look for you well you know obviously if the father uh finishes up with mass and then we generally have a, a smaller group that stays after mass and uh we just start up with uh, a prayer uh i kind of pray for pope francis bishop daniel uh and kind of all our priests and uh even the announcement on RPR, I, I 
try to have, you know, if, if whether people have a special intention for a priest. I know there's some that are sick or different things that you had mentioned earlier that, you know, we make a special intention for them, call them out by name. And then it's it's a Divine Mercy Chaplet that we start with, and there are special uh, meditations for each decade there. And then as soon as that's done, we go right into the rosary and kind of the same type of thing. We have special meditations for the various problems and things that priests might face, you know, for each meditation. And, um, you know, then we just kind of close up and... So, so, and so this, go ahead. Is it the same kind of group of people, or does it get bigger sometimes? Or generally, um, I mean, sometimes. I mean, we've had as few as three. I mean, other times, and it's it's kind of really, you know, I'm, I kind of equate it to like the first time I went to a Vikings game. Sometimes because I, I I generally sit towards the front in mass, and I don't. Mass finishes up, and I don't necessarily turn around. And, well, that and, means you're not a good Catholic because yeah. good Catholics sit in the back. <laughs> I sit up front too. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, and, uh, um, well, anyways, you know, when the prayer starts, I, you know, I don't always know how many people are necessarily there. And sometimes it's just kind of the hair on the back of my head, or hair stands up because, you know, all of a sudden there's a big group there and it's like the response comes back and, and that's really kind of a uplifting yeah. thing, you know, but you, know, it, you just never know who's there. And, and like I said earlier, I mean, I don't, I don't expect people like from Duluth to drive up to Virginia to pray in person necessarily, but just even the announcement on RPR, I think, you know, they hear, it just puts it on their heart. Right, right. To, uh, so you do this Monday yeah. mornings after daily Mass? Is Monday that? evenings. Oh, uh, evenings. Mass okay. is at 530, so. Oh, it's ge- evening Mass. Generally, uh, okay. it finishes up half hour-ish yeah. after that, and then we, you know, and, and uh, well, Ben Frost, he, uh, does a really good job at our parish too of easy um, adult evangelization and it, there was always programs going on so and there's usually there was and that's kind of part of the process too because it's like now I know RCI is going on there's always like a little window there mm-hmm. and between mass and you know a program starting up and so that's kind of nice to help you know either people that were at mass to stay late or people that are coming for uh, like RCIA, or we just finished up the search uh, was another program that they had there. Uh, it just gets more people exposed to it, the, yeah. the need of, of the, yeah. the praying for the priest. So, I mean, as as the okay. So, like I said, in our parish, we have the Seven Sisters program, and I'm I'm always like it's like I'm kind of self conscious in my brain as the the priest. It's like I try not to promote it a lot because like hey, let's more people come on pray for me type of thing so it's like i'm sure yeah. it's kind of for father brand it's like okay well how does he promote this type of thing and how does it interact with the priest himself well he's always asking for prayers so yeah, yeah. Well, well i mean that's good i mean i think lots of times we no. priests don't ask for prayers. yeah i mean in humility but i mean it's yeah. you know i mean like i said they have, all the priests do need prayers i mean and and there's you know and, and even to go a little bit bigger there's obviously a, a huge amount of different things we can pray for which are very important but i mean i look at you know praying for you know ultimately what we're praying for is the salvation of our souls my soul your soul i mean and one of the way i mean the primary way of doing that is having a relationship with jesus christ and more than just a personal relationship i mean that's important but i mean if it's just a personal relationship i mean i can have a personal relationship with my mailman Mm -hmm. you know um you look at the covenantal relationship that's what we need with jesus and 
how do you have a covenantal relationship without priest? Right. I mean, that's, you know, where are we going to get the Eucharist reconciliation? I mean, and that's why it's so important to pray for those priests. I mean, we take it for granted, and I think what we went through with the whole COVID thing there, where there were several months where we couldn't get the Eucharist, right. you know, and it's like, it really, at least for me, made me realize, like, you know, I was taking it for granted, you know, like, because right. I'd make daily Mass once in a while, you know, obviously the weekend Mass, all of a sudden it's it's not there, oh. you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't have the sacraments without the priest, you know. And so exactly, it's like, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, and that's why, that's why the devil does double duty in regards to, you know, to going after the priests. And so, obviously, the the um, uh, the, the prayers are uh, appreciated, you know, from from my standpoint as a priest. And we know as priests that we know that we are supported in prayer. And that, you know, I mean, sometimes we get asked the hypothetical question: Well, what would our lives be like if nobody was praying for us? And so, I know mm-hmm. that you're praying for us. I know that you're praying that there are people praying for us. And for it to be formalized, like what you're doing as the Knights of Columbus up in Virginia is a is a very visible thing for us to see as priests and and then know that it's happening and are appreciative yeah i mean i just remember as a kid too i mean there were there were a lot more churches a lot more priests i mean you know i I don't think you really need to even be that uh, deliberate about i mean everybody knows kind of the lay of the land with this uh you know i mean churches i mean there's some priests that are taking care of two, three, four parishes, mm-hmm. trying to have masses. I mean, you know, that's an incredible sacrifice. I mean, actually, the joke you kind of told about that uh, when I heard you speak was, uh, you know, well, hey, you're drinking the wine. You know, you got yeah. two, three cups of wine, and you got to hurry oh, yeah. up and get across town. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You heard me say that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a long, long time yeah, ago. Yeah. But, um, you know... I mean, it was a joke, but there right. there but, is a little bit of truth. There to was that. truth to yeah. it. I mean, I was thinking because it was in my mind. It was yep. at St. Joseph and Eason, which was my last one of my last two parishes, and I had to drive. I had to break the speed law. I'll tell you that to get to my next church and set up, and I couldn't put a whole lot of consecrated uh, uh, you know, exactly you know, wine you know. down. So, so yeah. But ultimately, the point being is, there's obviously a lot of tension, you know, or stress on. You know, getting there. I mean, because obviously if you've got a church with people waiting, you're not, you know, you don't want to be 15 minutes late. or. And, the, yeah. I mean, the other thing is, like, we were talking a little bit during the straight talk time before you got on the air. It's like, you know, priests should be the bold ones to speak to the evils that are going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you open yourself up to uh, retaliation. And so... I've I've definitely had I've definitely had a lot of really negative blowback on me personally for things that I've said or things that I've written about, and so when you get that negative blowback, it's kind of easy to cower, mm-hmm. you know. And so if anybody that the priest needs, if anybody needs courage, often it's the priests that need that courage, and that courage comes from you know the support of the lady. I, I see a lot of. I mean, to your point is, I mean, what's gone on with the uh, COVID here? I mean. There's portion of the parish, like, hey, let's get back going, you know. There's another part of the parish, hey, let's, everybody's got to wear a right. hazmat suit or, you know, and, and if the priest, no matter where you fall in that, exactly. you're going to have a percentage of the people at your throat. Uh, believe you me, know. I don't, you don't have to tell <laughs> me that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing that, that and you already kind of referenced it a little bit, maybe to, to speak to it, too, is that, uh, you know, I mean, we priests, we, I get far more 
negatives and I do positives. And so even just a, just a, um, a, a you know, if you're, you know, if you appreciate something that your priest did, if you appreciate something your priest said in a particular way, to actually go out of your way to maybe say something and to show that because we priests are human and we need to know that we have support. Absolutely. I, I mean, one of the passages from uh, St. Paul in the Romans uh, in chapter 12, it's like outdo each other in showing honor. Yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, watch the news. When, <laughs> you know, that, that just doesn't happen to priests or anybody right. for that matter. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's, to me, that's one of the things I think if we just, that simple line mm-hmm. tried to live that how much would that change, change the world, world? Right. i mean well speaking of scriptures you'd also made reference during the break of a scriptural reference that you'd like to reflect on in regards to praying for the priests well yeah in the book it was, of exodus i think yep exodus 17 where the israelites are fighting amalek and you know moses and it's where he holds up his staff as long as he's holding his staff up you know the Israelites are winning, but his arms get tired. He lets the staff down. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Amalek's winning. While he has Aaron and her help him hold his arms yeah, up, and yeah. they mow down Amalek. Amalek. Right. You know, and that's kind of why I look at the prayer service as like we're helping to hold the priests. You know, yeah. and kind of too another biblical, you know, I don't analogy or whatever of kind of the whole church as a whole is Noah's Ark. Well, you know. The church today is like the ark. You know, we're all on the journey trying to get through the flood, you know. And, well, who's the captains of the ark? The priests, you know. Right. And we can't be cutting them down because right. they're the ones leading us, like I said, with the covenantal relationship. Well, and I, yeah, and I you like know. that you mentioned that, too, because, you know, even before I was a priest, you know, I, I remember the, the people that my family talked most about in the public circle were priests. People talk about priests. And it's not fun to talk about them when you're only saying good things. Right, and so yeah. a lot of times people will say negative things, and so it's like even to check stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, do we re- do we really have to speak negative about our priest when he's already going through enough stress the way it is? So yeah, I mean, it's not only the prayers, the give him support, and moral support, and maybe stop talking about him behind his back in a negative way. Yeah. You know, those things are very helpful for priests. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's just like I say, watch the news, look, go out. That just seems to be human nature. I mean, it's you could do a hundred good things. But you make one misstep, absolutely, and that misstep is going to be all that anybody ever talks about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Is there any uh, any last um, uh, in the last forty five seconds we have, Paul? Any last things you want to say? Well, I mean, I guess like uh, I know we are having an announcement on RPR, and uh, I mean, we do, you know I do give out a number. You know, if anyone does have any special uh, priests that uh, they would like to add to the prayers that we. Uh, put on, you know, so on that number is 218-464-8385. It, it's a cell phone that can Great. either leave a message or a text message. Well, as, as a priest, Paul, I want to thank you for your prayers and your support of us priests, and thank you for being on Real Presence Radio with us. Thank yeah, you thank for you having so me. much. This was All great. Right, God bless. We'll, uh, uh, after we come back from the short break, we'll be talking to Madeline Shields from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House after this brief break. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 